0: Hey there, little birdie. (laughs) Hey there, little birdie. It's been a
1: while. What the hell have we been doing out here? Yes, what have we been doing? (laughs) Well, um, welcome back to our episode.
0: Welcome back. We
1: really miss doing this. We
0: did, and now we have more time so that we can actually do this on a regular basis, at least through the summer, and then then the hectic schedule begins again.
1: But... No doubt, we've really been working on a lot of really cool stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, While we were on our little bit of a hiatus, and uh, (laughs) me and Maria's schedule kind of gets the same a lot of the time because (laughs) everything is so connected with us. Exactly, Um, and uh, we just we have a lot of good news, but we were thinking, okay, because we've been so busy. With doing a lot of uh, art, honestly, it's been a lot of art. And then towards Mm -hmm. the end, it's been a lot of family stuff that we'll tell you about soon. Mm -hmm. But um, a lot of the art has been taking up our lives Mm -hmm. and just kind of like figuring out scheduling. Um, There was probably a time where I didn't see you for what, maybe like a whole straight week. Right. Right. (laughs) And <laughs> it felt really long. Yeah. And uh it was it's, sad too. It was very sad. <laughs> um, but we were just thinking like what is the what did we really learn out of that really big chunk of our lives while um while we haven't been able to record Little Birdie. Mm-hmm. And um first off we can talk about desde Puente mm-hmm. and how great of an experience that was. Oh, it was wonderful. Yeah. So, for those of you that are just coming into this episode um, and listening on this episode, me and Maria are both ensemble members of Raices Theater Company here in Buffalo, New York. And it's the first Latino theater company in Western New York. And Maria actually is a founding member. And her husband is... A co-founder. Hey. With My sister. Victoria Pérez Victoria Pérez <laughs> And um, so we are we do this uh, show every year called Deste De Puente And it's a one-act play series And basically the entire ensemble writes a ten-minute piece And this year we got a real big challenge But mm-hmm. I think we really came out on top And from the beginning we were all like, girl, what? <laughs> birdie what the hell is you talking about <laughs> um but the challenge was to write 10 minute musicals
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh nonetheless we did it and um we had some really great reviews and honestly the process has been a really great one uh i and we all go through those little um insecure yeah moments right those spurts of just being like oh my god i hate this why did i write this and (laughs) that's definitely (laughs) what i freaking went through i know right is anybody even gonna like this yeah yeah and and debbie went through that too and she had one of the favorites you know and it was amazing so um, it's
0: tough writing it's so vulnerable uh when you put your work out there and then you just know it's going to be reviewed.
1: Yeah. like, oh, ah. <laughs> 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 I wish no one had opinions except good ones. Or that they just loved it, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, so, Debbie, do you want to tell them about the one that you wrote and y- your process of that? Sure. Ahead? So
0: I had written, I wrote, I'm sorry, I wrote a children's musical my intention from the beginning was that I wanted to write a love letter to Puerto Rico about Puerto Rico. And um, the series is done in honor of my father. And my father loved his island. So I just thought it would be a you know great combination in honor of my father and in honor of our island. So I started writing it. And of course, everybody has the first, um, what is it, shitty draft, <laughs> as Brene Brown talks about. And my sister... Who was the person that we were submitting them to? Uh, she read it and she gave me feedback several times, and um, I worked on it some more, and it ended up it turned into this children's musical, which had um, characters such as Mr. Rooster, um, Senorita Coqui, which Lisette played. I did. Play um, her. El cerdito, which Bebo, um, Rolando. Um, Gomez son played and I played Senora Brisa which is um, the breeze of the island and then there was a mom and a little girl and the um, the gist of the story was uh, when children have that separation anxiety when their parents go to work and coping with that learning how to cope with that and this one the Mr. Rooster was a little boy that within the um The magical world, this Mm -hmm. magical closet where that world came alive. He was the character that missed his mommy and felt that his mommy didn't love him because she was always busy working. She's
1: always working!
0: (laughs) (laughs) So then he learned how to cope with his sadness through friendship, through adventure, through love. And before he knows it, after he has all this fun with these other characters, magical characters that love him, his mommy's back home. Mm-hmm. So it was It was just, it was a lot of fun. It was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. And like Lisette alluded to earlier, we had to also write some music. My composer was Adrian Guadalupe, who did a beautiful job. and was just so easy to work with. What a blessing. Um, very grateful for that experience. So um, we have new adventures planned for the future for DESDE mm-hmm. in terms of we have a concert, which... Um, I guess this is as good a time as any to mention, which is June 20th, and we'll be singing all of the songs from this del Puente. It's a Thursday evening, and I believe it's at Pausa. I don't know the address, though. You can look for it on Facebook. It definitely is on Facebook. um, On our Raices page. Lisette's actually trying to look for it right now as I'm trying to do talking. it silently because yeah. I'm
1: freaking out. I'm like, oh, my God, opportunity missed. <laughs> no, it's okay. You can find it, find it, find it, find uh, it, find it. Yeah,
0: so at that um, concert, we'll be singing all of the songs from Desde el Puente. It should be a great
1: experience. Um, and there's there's a mixture of everything. So some right. are bachata. Uh, so the so with Desde el Puente, they all have to include the Latino experience. Right. So with all of our music, it was all, uh, some of them were hip hop, uh, some of them were boleros, some of them were salsa, bachata, um, and they just were so much
0: fun. So we'll be sure to get you you that information before we finish this podcast. And um, Lisette, why don't you, should we talk about our plays and then we can come back to what the experience was like for us? Yeah. You were in mine and I was in yours, right? Oh, I was barely in yours. I was just... Well, you directed mine. I directed yours, girl. She did direct mine. I sure did.
1: So, actually, um, the way mine came about, I had this... For a while, I've been thinking, um, okay, writing a musical, not going to happen. I was was just like, you know what, girl... um, uh uh-uh. uh, I don't know how that's going to go down. Mm-hmm. But um I was going through like a really like weird, not weird. It was more or less kind of just like tough um self-challenging time and uh one night I just kept listening to I am he- uh I'm here from the soundtrack of Colour Purple. Mhm. And I'm sitting there being so dramatic on my couch,
0: <laughs> just crying.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, I am here. I'm here too. Yeah. Mm. And I'm just sitting there crying. And um, slowly, um, the idea of a woman who doesn't have her own voice um, just kept coming back to me. And I think that's a, that's a consistent narrative of my mm-hmm. own life. Not that I don't have my own voice, But, um, being able to trust your own voice. Right. And, um, so I just kept thinking about it and slowly, um, I ended up with this character named Juanita and, uh, I liked the idea of it being kind of like a nostalgic time. So I was thinking, okay, well, what time would I want to set it in, um, where Juanita wouldn't be able to express her voice? And uh, I was thinking maybe it would be like early like forties fifties, but I kind of just ended up at nineteen seventy two, and during that time the Stonewall riots were happening uh, had happened um, in New York City, Um, and basically the Stonewall Inn was a bar in for those who aren't familiar. The Stonewall, the Stonewall Inn was a bar in uh, in New York City that kind of um, kind of provided entertainment for. Didn't provide entertainment, but was a place was for a people venue, right? a venue for people uh, who were uh, homosexual mm-hmm. to go in and enjoy themselves to be yeah. treated like anybody else.
0: Right, because there weren't many places for them to actually go. Yeah, and just. Be human. Yeah. Just be
1: themselves. And just enjoy themselves. And basically, um, riots came out, and uh, it, it was just a big revolt, and it was a very big step forward for the LGBTQ um, community. Mm-hmm. And uh, an entire year later, that was the first march. And actually, June 2nd is Pride Week, uh, is the march here in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. And Buffalo is actually one of the few cities that started as well marching with everyone in New York City um, in celebration of the LGBTQ uh, community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of that, I started creating this, this uh, character. And um, basically, Juanita was a woman who was a songwriter, and she fell in love with this woman named Amelia. And uh, Amelia and her had a uh, secret love. And Juanita's mom didn't know, and you find out in the show that Amelia is actually engaged to a man. And basically the show opened up with Amelia singing this very sultry, like, beautiful song that Juanita has wrote. And... um, Juanita sees that Amelia has like this superpower and to kind of command the attention in the room mm-hmm. and she wants it so bad. And, uh, she sees that in order to command the attention in the room, she has to be a heterosexual woman. She has to wear lipstick. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, she according to, to her
0: mom. Yeah. Right?
1: According to the mom that comes in, mm-hmm. uh, And kind of just be very sexy and and talented and sing beautifully. And um, throughout the show, you realize that uh, Emilia is afraid of her own homosexuality. Juanita is okay with being in the closet about her own sexuality. And... um, Towards the end, Juanita finally sings a song, but everybody in the club leaves mm-hmm. after her sing, hear, uh, hearing her sing. So I played Juanita. Alexia Guzman played Amelia. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Mini. I don't know. Smyrna? Smyrna. Mercedes. Smyrna. I think she goes Mercedes, actually. goes by Mercedes. We call her a million different names. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <She's> <laughs> she played my mother. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and then everybody else was kind of like the club goers who mm-hmm. gave me stank eye after they left. <laughs> I know, they after I came on stage. As just you sang. were finding your voice, we walked <laughs> out on you.
0: Yeah, Debbie gave mean me the
1: people. Maria gave me the real stank eye. She was it's like, so you mean. suck. And I was like, oh my God. No. But um, yes. the composer for mine was uh, Sara. Uh, she goes by Serenade. And um, those songs just became perfect. And even when I met with her, she was telling me, um, have you ever heard of Chabela? Mm Because I've always loved Frida, Frida Kahlo. We got the same birthday girl. (laughs) And, um, she was just this woman, uh, everything that I admired about Frida, uh, Chabela was. So Chabela was this woman who, um, she wasn't Mexican, but she became very popular, uh, with the Mexican, within the Mexican community, because she sang a lot of boleros. Mm -hmm. And, um, She was this homosexual woman who, it was never really spoken about, but they always said, like, I I watched the documentary, and they were talking about how she would always sleep with all the the men's wives. And she was just, like, a badass. But she came from a very broken home where she didn't have parents. They gave her up. She was, like, the only girl who would go around, like, the barrio with pants on. Everybody was wearing skirts, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, this woman that was just so brave in... Uh, defying all the love from people mm-hmm. um, because it wasn't true love because it was conditional love. Mm-hmm. I thought that, that was just... Uh, she. She's just such a force um, to be reckoned with. Mm-hmm. So I was like, you know, like... Uh, Chavela really helped me in that as well as Frida and just everyone in the LGBTQ community, everyone in a lot of oppressed communities really informed that decision to write it. And it ended up just being what it needed to be. And I had to let go of that. Yeah. (laughs) Which is probably the hardest part about writing. (laughs) Oh my
0: gosh, yes, exactly. You just give birth to this. It's almost like (laughs) parenting too, you know, you give birth to this child, you do your best to shape them, and then you just hope for the best after that. Yeah. You know, I was thinking as you were talking, I forgot to say that in the one that I wrote, there was this magical closet because in the real world there was a little girl whose mommy was going to work Mm -hmm. and she was very sad about that. So then the mommy tells the little girl that there's this magical closet she used to go to as a child and in this magical closet existed these magical creatures. They would come to life. So the closet became this place of um, safety, of solace. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just was recalling one of the reviews said was talking about They both dealt with closets, you know, went from one closet to another type of closet coming out of the closet. One you went in and the other one you came out of, Yeah, you know. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, But it was was special. It was a really beautiful experience. Everything about it was just so positive from the beginning to the end. And not to say that it was easy because it was not easy. It was not easy. In terms of dealing with all the variables from real life. Yes. You know, and the busyness. But the experience per se the creative part of it, the relationship part of it, how we were um, there for each other, the community
1: we created throughout it. I think we that's some that's such a strong uh, aspect that we do have is mm-hmm. that with Despina Puente, you really feel like family is coming in to put on something mm-hmm. and it's always family. Mm-hmm. And that's such a special aspect about it mm-hmm. and I know most of the time we're saying whatever you bring in you know leave it out because that's how professional world works right leave it out the door you're right here right but it, it kind of functions differently when we're all together because we are so um, family intertwined mm-hmm. we are there for you mm-hmm. and I think a lot of us in this production really made some really big steps forward and got over very big hurdles. And um, Mm -hmm. at least for me, because I don't want to speak on anyone else's uh, behalf, um, I was so proud of so many advancements that everyone had made in this challenge. And specifically for me, uh, last time I sang publicly Mm -hmm. was in Mm -hmm. high school for Pippin. And I was scared. Mm -hmm. I still am scared. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, I, I really had to get over it. And there were some nights where I was like, "Oh my god, I mother effing killed it, girl." Mm-hmm. Not like in oh, I was riffing and shit. Yeah, but not <laughs> like an arrogant way. But like you did it. You accomplished <clears throat> yeah, it. Yeah, like I, I told the story. I was authentic in that story. Mm-hmm. And there were other nights where I was, and there were many nights mm-hmm. where I was just like, I totally bombed. And that's something where. I realized for the next production that I'm in, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I can't keep coming backstage after every song, being like I bombed it. Right. Cause I'm just being, um, I'm just being my worst enemy in that circumstance. Mm-hmm. And honestly, the energy I'm bringing into the room that yeah. is trash. Yeah. I was just
0: gonna address that, yeah. And it and, starts to bring other people down. You don't, and I know you don't want to do that. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to bring other people down. That's yeah. not a cool feeling. I mean, but it's inevitable. We're human. We're going to have off nights. It's just, like you said, when it becomes a repetitive pattern, then you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. Something's not growing within me. Yeah. And I need to address it. I need to do better.
1: And I started noticing that because you guys are family and everything, every time I came backstage, not that I was needing reassurance from everyone, but the energy that... The energy that I brought into the room was demanding of re- reassurance, and mm-hmm. that's exhausting for you guys. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to do that, so I finally realized that at the very end, that maybe you shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And I wish I would have known that from the beginning process. Mm-hmm. But that's something that I definitely learned out of the, out of the, um, out of the experiences that. No matter what, I am definitely going to. I have to face these challenges. I have to overcome them. But in the process, I don't have to drag everyone on that trail with me. Because that's my path.
0: And it's okay. If, I mean, there might be somebody that you have to always tell yeah. how you feel. It's all right. You know, we don't have to tell everybody how we feel. But if you have two or three people that you had to, you have to say, you know, I'm consistently struggling with feeling insecure... That's all right. It's just, it's a time in your life. It's a process. It's, you know, you grow from it, hopefully. You should be growing from it. But yeah, it's tough. Art art is tough. When you put yourself out there, Mm -hmm. any type of creativity is tough, you know, but specifically speaking about theater. And then we were all singing, which is hard. It's the first musical I've ever done in my life, too. I've never written a musical either, so it was scary. (laughs) It's really scary. And you do become almost like thirsty for feedback because you want to know that you're doing good Mm -hmm. and and in my case I realize how inexperienced I am when it comes to the acting singing I've done more singing but I haven't done it in a long time Mm -hmm. and I've never done a musical so it's terrifying and the insecurity man it gets in the way yeah ooh, it could stop you from just moving forward yeah, and enjoying the enjoying the experience. And that's for everything in life, right? If you feel insecure like that or if you're doubting yourself all the time, you're not able to be present, be in the moment and enjoy the experience because oh, you're yeah. too busy caught up in yourself. I was
1: going to say that too. I was thinking um I remember having one really 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 good night and then <laughs> trying attempting to recreate it. And during that entire process, that entire show I wasn't being present. So I was like, crap, this show sucks because... And it's different for an audience member because they don't know what you're going through. They don't... They can't see it. It's their first Mm -hmm. time seeing it. Mm -hmm. So most of the time, they can pick up on different energies. They can pick up on... You know, they can have their opinions. But you as the actor know, oh my God, I was not present that night. Yeah. I was not present. So it's really frustrating because the audience member is seeing you for the first time but you, you've done it so many times. You're like that other night was so great, and I wish I could have recreated it for mm-hmm. this audience member. And mm-hmm. it's just like if you're too busy recreating, you're just you're not enjoying the moment. You're not enjoying. You're not present. It. You're not present. You're not telling the story the way that mm-hmm. it ought to be told. Mm-hmm. And we're never gonna be perfect, or we're always going to be present. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. That's so impossible. Mm-hmm. But. Um, it's not easy it's
0: just it just it's so applicable to life you know to <sighs> to just being present in that moment and enjoying the moment where you're at mm-hmm. you know on and being vulnerable enough where you're honest and 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 people can relate to the experience through your vulnerability mm-hmm. you know not be afraid to um to face different experiences in their life, you know, like the one that you wrote. I mean, that's amazing. Still, I mean, in this day and age, there's still people afraid to, yeah. you know, in quotation marks, come out of the closet, um, and and to find their own voice. Yeah. I think we're constantly trying to find our own voice, but that was compounded with the fact of somebody not being comfortable with their sexuality, and not, and being afraid of um, being honest About who they were, Mm -hmm. I think, with herself and in public, you know. Yeah. So there's some there's such important themes in there. Um, The there were we had all kinds of themes. We had the the fear of the like I said before the separation anxiety from our parents. The one that you wrote, um, the one Alexia wrote about a young lady being in a relationship that was just unhealthy. Yeah. um, To a cousin and a friend trying to help her out of that situation where she actually ends up, you know getting out of the relationship and realizing yeah. how unhealthy it was.
1: Yeah, and loving herself.
0: Yeah, and then there, one the, Alejandro wrote, mm-hmm. which was working things out with a friend because of the girlfriend, you know. Which, yeah,
1: and love between men, which was something that was it's a really major. nice... In Latino uh, culture, just bringing the Latino aspect into it and just being like, you know, what does Latino love look like? Which was one of my favorite parts was because in Alejandro's, um, he... Uh, wrote one about um, two friends, and one friend had just started in a relationship. He thinks the girl is the one. Um, spoiler alert, she is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She and, is the um, one. And basically, his friendship uh, kind of suffers for that because he's doing his best to tend to this new relationship, but the friend is like, hey, I'm still over here. Mm-hmm. So it really... And my favorite line in that was... Uh, when the friend his name is Troy in the in the show um Troy the show opens with Troy talking about how his mom isn't supporting his decision to move to LA mm-hmm. to to pursue his dreams in music mm-hmm. and slowly um basically Gabriel and Troy start arguing and Troy says you were the friend mm-hmm. you were always the friend and um I call your parents mommy and papi I call your Aunts and, and uncles, uncles. Tio and Titi. Mm-hmm. And it's such a big step for a person who's not in the Latino community to come into this Latino family and start addressing people by their corrective, correct names in mm-hmm. Spanish or saying bendicion, like things Blessing. like that, mm-hmm. you know? And um, just to think how Latinos kind of uh, bring in people and make them feel a part of... And that character still wanting to hold on to it, but Mm -hmm. it's suffering because of, you know, the relationships not getting the nurture, isn't being nurtured the way that it used to be. So that was one of, that was definitely one of my uh, Mm -hmm. favorite, because I remember always being adopted into a family Mm -hmm. and just thinking right now, if any of those families would have gotten taken away from me, that would really suck. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Right, they've been so important in your life and mentoring you.
1: Yeah. You know. So that that was a really good one. Well, they were all amazing. They were all
0: great. They, they all had different themes. We had the one, um, my sister wrote one about a couple who suffered the loss of a child and who just could not fix things, but they come to the realization that they weren't good before their son died. Mm-hmm. And having the loss of the son certainly was not going to make things better Yeah, you know so they they chose to actually separate and heal on their own yeah um, mm-hmm. it was very powerful it was kind of oh that was heart-wrenching that one people would be like <laughs> oh my gosh people were exactly <laughs> sobbing we had to have like therapists on site for one. <laughs> It was it was heavy. It was beautiful, but it was very heavy. And Alejandro
1: yeah. Vicky did such a beautiful
0: job. Those songs were, like, off the hook. Good. Oh,
1: my gosh. They were so amazing. The one day we were thinking, because I directed that one, but honestly, it wasn't much directing. They're just, they're both amazing. So I was but just like... But you did great. So you did great. With now. the light. I sat in front Yeah, you know beautiful what? stuff. My favorite part of that job that I can really credit myself, I feel like, was the lights. Oh, my gosh. I just lights, timed the light.
0: Yeah, the light was beautiful.
1: But, um... I uh, they're just such amazing actors. They they are present. They know how to do their script work so well where they dig so deep. And mm-hmm. Vicky actually wrote that one, so she was digging deep like she from was the invested.
0: Exactly, exactly, Yeah. She was invested.
1: And they just, you know, when I heard Alejandro's backstory of, you know, his his character development, his relationship development, even himself like making his stakes higher, um, it was just it was so great to see all of that come into fruition. And they both sound so amazing. They really did. Even though it was such a sad one, you know, but it was, it was just, it's, it was just gorgeous. So I, right. and essentially every show is about like, where's the love, you know, where does the love come in? Where's the love at, mm-hmm. you know, and that love was just like, the love is lost. Right.
0: You know? Right. No. Um, we also had the one about that Rolando wrote, the freedom fighter, Pedro Albizu Campos, which oh. was so powerful. It was our closing. Oh, it was just so, so meaningful because we were oh. all in it together, all mm-hmm. of us, in that one.
1: And that one was just
0: like... Love for our country. Yeah. For our yeah. island, right? And um, learning about this important historical figure that so many people, even Puerto Ricans, don't know about, right. you I know, Pedro Albizu I, I had somebody come up to me at the end, a, a very dear friend, and said, you know, Maria, I have to say I'm sorry and apologize. I never knew about Pedro Albizu Campo and I'm sorry I didn't learn this in school. I want to know more about him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, I felt like I had to comfort him. I was like, "It's all right, man." You know, <laughs> you know. But he's like, "I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry." Aww. You know, but that was such a beautiful statement. I felt like about who we were as a people. We have a rich history, and so many times mm-hmm. we're unaware of it. You know. Yeah. Um, but it was absolutely beautiful how the ensemble comes together at the end, and there's this beautiful display of um, love for our country and it ends with mm-hmm. the flag and the background and us, oh. Yeah, crazy. I'm getting chilly just too. thinking about it. Just so, <laughs> oh, just so beautiful. One of my favorite moments, definitely, of the whole play, how we all come together at the end and we just sing about yeah. the, oh, it just makes me cry about yeah. the love
1: of our country. Yeah. And, and I think it's just, ah, uh, just point Puente yeah. had this yearly thing that we do It's kind of cool because it's like a big therapy session every
0: (laughs) year. We do it. So we're like literally dragging.
1: What inspires you? What do you want to talk about? Like it's like just dragging Mm -hmm. it out of you. Because, girl, you got to write. If you're a part of Raices, you got to write. You better be planning on what you got to write. You do everything. You you better anticipate. You direct,
0: you act, you write, you sing, everything. I remember my first Box office, everything. You're doing everything. Stage
1: manager. Shoot. You mm-hmm. learn everything, hands-on. Mm-hmm. That's and, right. Excuse me. I remember just thinking, um, my first De este Puente, my characters came to me immediately because it was something like, um, uh, it was my first time writing, and immediately it just came out of me, and it was just a very similar story to my story, but this year was something completely different. So much to the point, I was like, this isn't my story to be telling. And I went through a lot of insecurity of that, of me not being a woman who has dealt with um, dealing with uh, kind of my identity being hard to love from other people. I've never really dealt with that. Something that involves like my sexuality being the barrier between me and other people. So I was thinking constantly that entire time, how can I speak on this? Mm -hmm. This isn't my story to tell, you know, but at the basis of it, being someone who doesn't have belief in herself and is constantly wanting other people to love her uh, is just a common thing between all of us. The other stuff is just decoration at the, at the basis, all of us, we, we all want to be loved. And there are always barriers for people not to love us. And for people to find their voice. Yeah. You know, which is so strong. That song, It's Mi
0: Voice," and her finding her voice in spite of everything that she's going through, that was really powerful. Yeah. Really powerful, that moment when you come out and you just sing no matter what. When people walk away from you, you, Mm -hmm. your relationship with Amelia is broken. Yeah. Um, You just don't know where you're going to go from that moment forward. Yeah. but you're finding your voice no matter what. You're yeah. going to find your voice, and you're not going
1: to give up. And if you just hear that part, like, specifically, it that's exactly what I have to do. Mm-hmm. So it was so cool to see how this, went. The Puente pulled that out of me mm-hmm. and just said, mm-hmm. hey, girl, you got to write, just write, just write. doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's going to be a 15-minute musical. Mm-hmm. We'll cut out all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just pulling. It's just pulling. It's pulling. Like, you ever see those clowns? That yeah. have those, <laughs> the, those people. The who, unending handkerchiefs. Yeah, the handkerchiefs, <laughs> that's what point Puente is doing. is just pulling all of it out. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, well, what has this past year taught you? Mm-hmm. And I think Desde Puente, uh, and it's so cool to think that uh, that show just, uh, the entire thing just has so many um, layers. Layers and just so many purposes.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Definitely. Most definitely, I was. A, I wanted to give a shout out to the other ones as well. Um, which one do we have left? We have the one that Dewell wrote, mm-hmm. which was very powerful as well. You have just these guys hanging out, joking, um, and music is their um, their therapy to call it something. They're the the place where they can gather and and find joy. And we let her, we later find out that their freedom has been taken away from them because they are in prison. Obviously because they did something to get into prison. But we see what it's like to not even be able to enjoy the basics in life, which is music. You just yeah. can't even enjoy music because your freedom, you've lost your freedom.
1: Yep.
0: You know, which at that point, a lot of time people don't know. They think we're just hanging out the corner. And I remember at some point hearing... Um, somebody, when they realize, when Steve comes out and says, ah, you know, whatever he says, you know, and he gets us to line up to go back into the cell, I actually heard an audience member several times say, oh, shit.
1: Because
0: they realize they're in
1: prison. Dee did an amazing job at humanizing the inmates Uh before before showing the audience that they were inmates. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it just... The way he told us the story at the beginning when we were all sat down for the workshop thing about it, um, we literally... He told us the story that he went to to a correctional facility to go sing. Uh, I think they were singing gospel music. If not, uh, at the basis of it, they were singing music. And um, the... What, like the guard came in. The plena? And, what are you talking about? Yeah, plena. Oh, okay. That um they were all the inmates were singing and they were they were having such a good time. And as soon as the officer came in, he took all of their instruments away and put them mm-hmm. in a box and told them to line up and leave. And um when I heard that, I felt I felt like crying when Dee brought that story up. And yeah. it's just so sad to think that you know yeah people are in jail for as consequences you know. yeah yeah you know but it was just so sad to think that it, he just did such a great job at humanizing these characters before for sure before um you know showing what they were and they're human before they are inmates Right. You know, and everybody's story isn't the same, you know. But it was just, it was such, it was so interesting to see that these people still had dreams. These people still had yeah. memories and things of the past. And they were just still people. And they, Exactly.
0: That's the bottom line. They're still human beings. Yeah. You know, and that long for freedom, yeah. long for joy. They still have the same basic needs that we all have. But, you know, yeah. for whatever reason... Now they're suffering consequences, which limits their freedom yeah. and their expression of joy through the arts. In this case, through music.
1: Yeah, and mm-hmm. the arts are cathartic. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, and that's For what sure. that's what they need the most. For sure. So, Debbie, what did what has at the point they pulled out of you? And I want to talk about that, but before we do that, listen.
0: I really want to give a shout out to the two I think we have left. There's two left. Anthony Alcoser. Oh yes, Padrinos. Padrinos, which you directed. <laughs> yes, which you did a fantastic job at. And that one, go ahead, Lisa. and us elaborate show. on that oh, one. okay. So elaborate on Padrinos.
1: Padrinos was something that I really I directed this one. And um, this one we got to have a lot of fun with. And we got to break the fourth wall with the audience mm-hmm. and uh, really talk to the audience and basically um the show is about these two padrinos, and padrinos are godparents for a married couple. Mm-hmm. And um, in this show, basically, there are two people getting married, and they're trying to explain to the wedding party, which is essentially the audience, mm-hmm. um, what padrinos are and what they really mean and what their purpose is. Mm-hmm. And this one was performed by Steve Brockman, Alexia Guzman, and... Um, Maria Perez Gomez (laughs) um, and Alejandro Gomez. And uh, in this one we really had to focus on having fun Mm -hmm. because all of them were such... uh, uh, What are you working They were kind of like... Presentational, uh, the characters? What do you mean? No, like uh, the... The themes in the other ones were more like... um, Very back and forth, like very push and pull. And in this one, you really had to just welcome everyone into the love, into the room. Right. So there wasn't much conflict amongst the characters. There was conflict within the characters. Those
0: two becomes an educational experience (laughs) at many levels. You know, like you said, there's the love. But in our culture, specifically in the Latino culture, I'm not sure how many other cultures do this. We have godparents for our wedding. These godparents become mentors. They mm-hmm. become people that we turn to for advice, for guidance. There's a line in the play that um, Anthony said wrote, which says that um, we they basically that Latinos invented padrinos so that we didn't have to pay for therapists.
1: Yeah, you know,
0: <laughs> which is funny, um, but in a way, it's probably very true because I looking back at my god, my grandfather, that generation you would never go to a therapist it's like what a therapist oh no <laughs> no nobody needs to know our business you know but padrinos had that role in your life that yeah. was somebody that you could depend on you could count on you could look up to and not to say padrinos don't need help because lord lord knows padrinos need help too yeah. but uh you know the idea is that padrinos are somebody some uh, you know, a couple that can mentor you and guide you, and somebody that you admire in some way yeah. and believe that um, could help you, you know, yeah. in some way um, or other. Rather it be just to enjoy their company or, or seek their advice. So it, it, it was an educational piece. We had somebody say, a couple of people actually talk about how they felt like that they were watching their story because they were married to somebody from an. Uh, another culture yeah. and not being Latino and that that's how they felt as Annabelle did in um, in Padrinos.
1: So for those who don't know, Steve Brockman is a Caucasian American. <laughs> He's an honorary Latino. But yes. in the in the show basically it's an interracial couple who specifically are white and uh Latina. Latina. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they basically are talking about how again this person outside of the Latino community gets to get indicted into this Latino community mm-hmm. where everything is shared, right? So and he makes an active decision. That's what she says in her yes. uh, uh, in her line is that through act ap- through actions you you became a part of this community mm-hmm. by making frijol. How do you say? It? Frijol con puerco. You make that and and uh-huh. just uh, doing your best to. Make attempts at speaking in Spanish. Saying her name
0: is Anabel. Something as simple as Anabel instead yeah. of Annie. Yeah. Which Annie is beautiful. if That's how you pronounce your name. But if it's pronounced Anabel, then give us that. You know, give her that respect. Yeah, you know? and it meant a lot to her. We're specifically talking about the, the play that Anthony wrote. Yeah.
1: Um, and it's just you know it's it's uh, it's just an active action of. Telling this person just because you're different doesn't mean that I have to make you conform to what I am used to, Mm -hmm. right? And it's kind of like the meshing of everything and how beautiful that can be and not holding yourself, uh, keeping boundaries between you and other people. So that one was just like we had to focus because we love conflict. We love love people to fight. We love people to fight. High drama, yeah. High drama, (laughs) high stakes, right? And this one was just very different because the inner conflict was that Annabelle, never felt like she was going to be recognized and loved for who she right. was. Almost like she didn't belong. Yeah. Because
0: of her Latino culture. And it sounds like according to the place, she was surrounded by a lot of people that were not Latino. Yeah. So she got called Annie or Anna. Yeah. I can't remember the other way she said Annie or Anna, Anna. or um, Annie.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that that was just kind of it was it was one that it was um, directing already was a challenge, but making the love come out was something that all the actors really did a great job at and just making sure that the love filled the room. And Steve was so funny with mm-hmm. his tango, <laughs> you know. And it was just, it was
0: great. He was. And yeah. then the last one we had was, I think we covered all of
1: them, right? The yeah, that's for one the game was
0: show. Llego la Hora. And that one was just... Hilarious. uh, Yeah, it was just funny.
1: That one was (laughs) hilarious. Just lots of little conflicts. But (laughs) this woman wants to... um, She don't need no man. She is her own dream. There ain't no
0: man in her dream. You
1: know, (laughs) And, um, And those were just so funny. Alejandro played Lucho Lengua, who was like this... Bronx, you know, hip-hop dude, he's sagging, yeah. sagging his pants and flicking oh his tongue. tongue and everything. <laughs> I hate him. <laughs> and, and Bebo, uh, Rolando, played uh, this very Spaniard guy who played, uh, who was singing flamenco and just, you know, whipping his long hair everywhere. And Steve played a Dominican. A white Dominican. And, girl, he was good. He sure killed it. With the guido and his he, hits. <laughs> <laughs> he did And Mimi did amazing at seeing all those bol- boleros. And, and Jinky as the host.
0: Oh, my god. She yeah. found
1: her love, girl. Yeah. llegó la hora. It was Steve Brockman. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Anaca,
0: Anacauna La That was Victoria's <laughs> character.
1: Yeah. So, that one was a lot of fun. That one was a good break in between... Uh, Everything It ended the first act and started the second act.
0: And I think, you know what, if you look at it, it's almost like there's that. um, You can learn from... Because Minnie's character comes on the show thinking that she's coming on on to um, a show that is a singing competition. Mm -hmm. Llegó la hora de tu fama. And she has no interest whatsoever in uh, the man of her dreams. It's just not part of her dream. Her dream is that she wants to sing. So... um, Anacaona La Font there's this the twist is that she doesn't choose a man, but Anakaona has this connection going on with Steve Rockman's character, mm-hmm. and it's flipped when Anakaona says, "You know, oh, we'll go to let's have a commercial break while we <laughs> sort out this mess." And Mimi's <laughs> character says, "Oh, we don't need a commercial break," and she kind of flips it where Anakaona then gets to choose the man of her dream, which is what she longed for.
1: Yeah, you could see it too. She wanted, she wanted the, she wanted to be the contestant. Exactly. But they were like, "Nah, girl, you're supposed to be the host." Exactly. And she was like.
0: Yes, and then Mimi, Mimi's character gets the moment she longed for, which was on stage with the band in the background, lights on her, and mm-hmm. she gets that moment to sing, which is what she longed for. Yeah,
1: which they which they both get their happy ending, except for Lucho yeah. Lengua
0: and, <laughs> and Nino Salate. <laughs> oh <my laughs> God.
1: Sorry, y'all gotta go home.
0: Yeah, it was just fun. It was a fun one, and just, if anything, we can learn some conflict resolution with that one, you know, how to... <laughs> Improv solutions (laughs) and be flexible with life, you know. You may think life is about one thing, but it's not, so it was just fun, yeah. A lot of fun, and also it was very, um, feminist to call it something. And you know, I I hate categorizing boxing things, I hate doing that. It's just
1: very female empowerment. I I like that, which was which was a really uh, which I saw, which none of us agreed on a central theme right throughout this. But once we all wrote, I mean, majority of us are women, so we spoke from a place of truth. Right. And a lot of the stories ended up with women being empowered and getting what they wanted right. in some sense. Mm-hmm. We, even with Goodnight Puto, and, and, um, which was a really fun one. And uh, we all just kind of like, I like in that one, a woman can still want love and that be all right. Exactly. And then a woman can also just want to love herself and that be all yeah. right. So, she
0: was, can be career oriented and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it
1: was just very I, I feel like if I wasn't in the show, if I would have walked away as an audience member, I would have been like, "Damn, I feel good." Exactly. But like my feathers would have flopped up. You know, <laughs> I would have felt like a little like a little like a rooster? Like a girl rooster. <laughs> <laughs> a girl rooster. Yeah. And uh, I think that was that was one of the cool things that it just ended up being very female empowering. And you just, you know, uh-huh. I had a line in Goodnight Butoh that I felt like a badass bitch, That's you right. know? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that was really cool. It was really cool.
0: Yeah. I think we covered all of them. And I think I, I really wanted to, you know, I wanted to give a shout out to everybody, but it's also so you can get an idea about the different themes that mm-hmm. we, we try to bring to the table. Um, and also, sometimes it's important to hear the messages, not sometimes, a lot of times actually, the messages that we bring through these plays. They can really you know, touch something deep within our hearts, within our souls that we need to hear we, and we need to see the story on stage because sometimes it normalizes what you're feeling. It normalizes yeah. your experience when you see that somebody else is going it. through it. You know? Yeah. So, um, thank you for all who did come out and support us. Uh, it was wonderful to see you in the audience <laughs> and to feel your support, feel your love. And if you didn't make it this time, hopefully we'll see you next time. Yeah. Yeah, but you still have the chance to enjoy the production, um, of the concert, which it is on the 20th, June 20th. It's a Thursday evening and it's going to be at Bowsa. It's at 730. And um, hopefully, I, th- I think we're pretty much all confirmed for that date. But if you go on to the Raices page, it's on there. Raices presents songs from Desde el Puente. And,
1: and we'll include it on our Facebook page. We can put it in there, put right. in our link. And just, uh, just come and enjoy it if you didn't get to see the show or even if you want to hear the songs again. Because I know y'all do. I know y'all want to hear them again. Really, there's going to be a really cute boy there. His name's yeah. Alejandro Gomez. Yeah. And uh, he's going to be singing some songs, and he's a really good singer. Let's set, let them know what role he has in your
0: life now. What's the so title now? What he's title not, does he
1: now have? He's not my boyfriend anymore, because now he's my fiancé. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> so he proposed, and your girl said, are you joking? <laughs> Um, He proposed, and I said yes, so this is uh, a few days after us getting engaged, and that was something that was taking up a lot of time, too, was just family life, and we had an engagement party, and now I am re-entering society as a... An engaged woman, as a fiancé. As a fiancé, so I get to walk around and be like, hey, don't court me, fellas. (laughs) (laughs) Do not look at me. I am spoken for.
0: I am spoken for. Yeah.
1: By myself, girl. <laughs> and the boy who likes me.
0: Yes. Um, so it's really really good news, happy news. And how do you feel about that? Lizette, tell them how does it feel to you?
1: I think um that this is uh it's really exciting and um it's just like it makes me go at a loss for words just because uh I, I said the speech at the engagement party. I just, I didn't think I was ever going to end up like this. Mm-hmm. Like in such a great position. Mm-hmm. I never thought that, um, I always thought I was going to have to compromise how I got proposed to. Kind of settle. Yeah, I thought I was always going to have to settle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said something uh, in the, at the engagement party that, um, I really was always looking for Alejandro and all the men that I was with. Mm-hmm. And um, but at that time, I wasn't willing to be the woman that Alejandro deserved either. Mm-hmm. So in that process, um, we really uh, I started becoming more of a woman once I let go of all the the not good relationships that I was in. And um, and then I finally found him, you know. Mm-hmm. And we we were friends before, and obviously, you know, he was always cute and stuff. <laughs> but you know, he never gave me the like, "What's up, girl." <laughs> he never gave me the like, "What's good with you." Yes. And then finally, when he he did, liked you,
0: but you always, you had a boyfriend.
1: I always had a boyfriend. Yes, but um, which I'm glad I always had a boyfriend mm-hmm. because I think uh, our timing became. Perfect. I was just gonna say yeah, the timing wasn't right. And, uh, and now it's just it's so weird because uh, I never believed in the you just know, you just know. Mm-hmm. When they're the one, you just know. I was like, you no know one you know. I was like, brother, Bertie, that is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Don't, give, don't bring me that bullshit. But it's just I was telling Alejandro it's one of the loudest feelings I have in my body, but the most silent feelings I have in my body mm-hmm. that I just know.
0: you do just know you
1: know. And he's just... He's a great guy. And uh, he's beautiful and kind and...
0: <sighs> and she's in love. And
1: I'm love in love and, and I'm it. in love
0: and I don't care who knows it. And he's in love too. He adores her.
1: And it, it's just... It's something that I just have to think about because uh, we're always progressing and we are... what We're both going to be 22 this summer. Mm. And a lot of people might think that, that we're very young. But I was telling Alejandro... Because obviously, I was like, oh my God, I have to tell everyone. And immediately, my mind goes to... The criticisms. Everybody's going to think I'm too young. But Mm -hmm. um, I was telling Alejandro the reason why I am so... And this is my choice. I don't want to be lost in the sauce. Because I feel like a lot of people think that at around this age, you're supposed to get lost in the sauce. Mm -hmm. Just kind of doing whatever you want. Bending rules to yourself. And just... Making things be like, well, that's how I feel and that's how I'm going to go about it. And um, kind of being like YOLO. And I just, I don't want to live. I think I've had my time of uh, that. And I was Mm -hmm. telling Alejandro that I think one of the best things that happened with mine and his relationship is that I started abiding by the laws of truth. Hmm. I didn't start... I like. I was always bending the truth to me. Mm-hmm. I was always like, well, that's how I feel. That's true. So guess what? I'm right. Mm-hmm. And that's not how love works, mm-hmm. whether you're in a romantic relationship or not. That's not how love works. Right. You don't just get to say, well, that's how I feel. That's the truth of how I feel,
0: period. No, yeah, you can't create a partnership like that.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and uh, this year for school um which i got on dean's list again girl Yes,
0: as did your fiance so you are a winning team yes we are (laughs) my
1: swoonchie did get on dean's list and um so i took philosophy this year and probably the next few episodes are going to be very informed by my opinions on philosophy because uh I've been talking to you guys about philosophy this entire semester. (laughs) I've been like, oh my God, did you hear about this? But um, I was thinking, there's this one book called On Bullshit, and it's by, I don't know his first name. It's basically an essay uh, done by blah, 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 Frankfurt. I'll insert it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And um, basically he says that bullshit is worse than lying. And uh, basically when someone is bullshitting you, it's because they don't... Abide by the true, uh, abide by the law of truth. They don't care for the truth, so they just bullshit you. Um, people who are liars care about the truth. They place value on the truth. That's why they lie. And he says then sincerity is uh, is bullshit as well, because when you say you're being sincere, basically you're talking about you're abiding by the truth, truth of your feelings, and. If I'm upset, yeah, that's true. That's a true feeling that I have. But if I'm saying I was right for making those decisions sincerely based on my feelings, that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. Because it's not informed. It's not rational. And um, I lived my life off of sincerity. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I know that kind of sounds very backwards. But based on that logic... You right, know? right. And um, I, I was just living on. Sincerely, I feel like mm-hmm. I am uh, upset, or I'm not being taken care of, or whatever my problem was. Which is self centered. And I was making it, yeah. bad decisions based mm-hmm. off of that. Mm-hmm. Those weren't rational decisions. Those weren't decisions where love was being uh, placed. The gui- value. Yeah,
0: exactly the guiding
1: force. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. know, I think. Um, this is really a, uh, a relationship where I am always focused on being the friend first, mm-hmm. which has always been the really important thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, to give space to him for him to. Figure out who he is, which we're always gonna be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I'm. Glad what do you to- love
0: the most about him? I'm sorry to interrupt you. What do you love
1: the most about him? What do I love the most about Alejandro? Alejandro is probably the most kind guy ever. Just kind. Mm-hmm. Always wanting to help. He never has, like, when he sounds like he's being mean, I automatically know it's not him.
0: That it's just a passing moment. It's just a passing moment. He's just moment. venting. He's going to be over it, and then he's going to say,
1: I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, not even something mean to me. It's just... If Expressing he's, himself about exp-
0: a situation, how it may have made yeah. him feel.
1: And we all have those moments where oh, we're absolutely. just kind of like... F this, F that, F that person. And I know he never means it. I'm just like, brah. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I know you don't mean it. And it's just a passing moment. because, And it's really because he loves so hard. So deeply, yeah. That's why we've been talking about every strength has a corresponding weakness. Mm-hmm. We've been talking about that a lot. And just that um, if you love hard,
0: Yeah. you know. You get angry hard. You get angry
1: hard. <laughs> You know, and and Alejandro feels so strongly like that. And uh, he's probably the most romantic man I've ever met. And I remember thinking all the time, I hope I get a man like that. Actually, Alejandro did this thing in high school one time. Because I got to share this story with everyone. Alejandro did this thing in high school where he had a girlfriend. And on Valentine's Day, um, before rehearsal, before Pippin rehearsal, actually, he um, orchestrated this thing for his girlfriend. And he had a big bundle of roses and basically he had her come into the theater and someone was playing uh, on the All piano. Me. All of me. All like Yep. Mm-hmm. And they were playing it on the, on the piano and he was standing there singing to her. Mm-hmm. And one by one people were bringing roses to her and she's standing there crying. And um, I remember just watching it and being like, I hope one day someone does that for me. Mm. And he was your someone. He was. He <laughs> was. And he actually, the play uh, that he wrote in this it was basically about me and him. So mm. he had a whole song proposing to me and everything. Yes. So, yes. you yeah. know, I got everything he wanted. But I just remember thinking,
0: uh, <coughs> I gotta now. It's okay. <coughs> she has a cold. I'm dying dying with it.
1: yeah you have a cold I just remember thinking oh my gosh I would work so hard to have a man to love me like that and just be romantic and be sappy and Mm -hmm. and just give me all of that Mm -hmm. and um meanwhile I was arguing on Valentine's Day (laughs) (laughs) exactly so so everything came full circle which is so nice Mm -hmm. and you know some people just fall in love, and yes. it's a really good story to listen to you. Yeah, so ladies, don't settle.
0: Ladies, men, everybody, don't settle. Don't settle. There is somebody that will love you the way that you deserve to be loved.
1: But also, don't feel entitled, because this shit is hard work. Oh, it sure is. you got to work at it. And I think that was... That's one of the things that made me cry the most, was just knowing that I've been working my ass off these last two years. <laughs> that's Cause, right. Because, girl, I used to feel like I was right about... Everything mm-hmm. I was like, I'm right, I'm right in my feelings. I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right.
0: Mm-hmm. And Alejandro
1: was like, No, in every argument, both people are wrong to some capacity. Mm-hmm. And literally, all you have to do is analyze it, see where you went wrong, and apologize. And it doesn't go, I'm sorry you felt like this. It doesn't, <laughs> if you're starting your apology like that, take it back to the shop and work on it. <laughs> you gotta take it back. Mm Because if you're like, well, I'm sorry this made you feel like that. Mm -hmm. That's not how it works. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: You just got to be, I'm sorry that I made you feel like this. Mm -hmm. That wasn't my intention. Mm -hmm. And just be honest about it. Mm -hmm. Like there's no, that's just, that's a bullshit apology. If you're starting off with, I'm sorry that made you feel like that. But
0: exactly, exactly. That's a
1: bullshit apology and you need to take it back Mm -hmm. and and work on it. Yeah, it's that but that
0: becomes the the catchword there because you're trying to justify whatever it is that you did or said to make that person feel that certain way. And that and
1: that and that justification can come later. Mm -hmm. You can you can work it out, okay. Well this is how the way I reacted to that situation is because X, Y, and Z. Right. Or, I was coming from a place of blah 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 because of X, Y, and Z. It's. Uh, there's You have to time apologies out. There's, you do. <laughs> apologies you do. are an entire show. You gotta have the introduction, you know, <laughs> have the middle part, and mm-hmm. then you close up in on it. Yeah. But um, you can't just start off from a place of where I'm going to justify myself because of, you know, because I want you to understand. And it can't be about you, it has to be about.
0: Us, yeah. it has to be about what's good for you and me, because when it becomes just about you, you you no longer have the vested interest in the relationship, yeah you know you yes, you're still an individual, but when you're in a relationship, there's definitely sacrifices that you make there's definitely a a give and take that happens there's definitely um sometimes where you feel like it, it's uneven, but that's mm-hmm. all right, yeah. everything has its time and place. I think you have to be aware of that. you're not going to be always right. You're not going to always, you know, sometimes you're going to be the jerk. You have to be able to say, I'm sorry, and I'm going to try better. Yeah. You know?
1: Just always trying better. Mm -hmm. And um, Mm -hmm. and with me and Alejandro, we've made specific boundaries with Mm -hmm. each other along the way, and we still cross those boundaries sometimes because we're still learning. Mm -hmm. And, um... (laughs) I think in this position right now, obviously I'm engaged and I'm thinking, okay, forever with this person, Mm -hmm. and I'm already anticipating, sometimes I start anticipating arguments we might have, Mm -hmm. and I have to anticipate forever with this person and thinking about what can I deal with, what can we work better with, and what is just going to be, and um, (laughs) lateness, is something that I am coming to terms with right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We are going to be late. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, I'm thinking if that's the biggest problem I have to deal with with my fiance, you're good. I am good. (laughs) Because girl, if I have to be, (laughs) being late versus a million other things that could go wrong in my relationship, I am fine.
0: And that's not to say that you know, it can't be approved upon and, and improved. Yeah. I hope that, um, But it's just to say, like you said.
1: That is the least of my worries. Exactly. And just thinking, um, I, I realize that I have been very, um, uh, this is something that me and him were talking about each other, uh, talking to each other about, again, is that. Because we're so young, we're still in the state of where we are trying to create habits, healthy habits, break Mm -hmm. bad habits. And um, I can't be in control of his progress in that sense. Mm -hmm. So in that circumstance, I'm always looking at him as a friend where if he has specific habits, I have to just let him roll with it Mm -hmm. because he's his own person. He's going to... Um, progress the way that he needs to progress, mm-hmm. where it communicates best to him on his own terms, and you know I can't just be like Alejandro, you have to put the cap on the toothpaste every time, mm-hmm. cause <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not <coughs> it's not a deal breaker, exactly, and, and he's gonna do it on his own time. He'll learn.
0: Well, yeah, and you can tell him if something frustrates you, if something is bothering you. But it's not going to ruin your relationship for the, you know, for the rest of the day.
1: Like, I'm not going to talk to him so pissed at him. Because he know, didn't whatever. put the tap on the toothpaste. And then one day he actually came to me and he went, sweetie, did you notice that I put the tap on the toothpaste? <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, see, it's the little things. Yeah,
0: so you try, right? <laughs> That's yeah. what's important, that you're always trying and you're doing better.
1: Um, and reminding yourself, like, where the love is. and Yeah, choose your battles. Yeah, some things just aren't freaking worth it's it. It's just
0: not worth it. You know, at your toast, Anthony was talking about um, having fun with each other and not letting arguments, disagreements get in the way of, of loving each other, basically, of having fun. And yeah. that's something with age that I've learned too. Is like, man, if I'm upset, I'm taking away from the opportunity to love.
1: Yeah, Debbie, you've been married for 24 years. You need to be given that advice, not me. <laughs> Oh, it's okay. You've been growing in this relationship for two years. That's
0: pretty major. Yeah, that's pretty major. But yeah, that's something that I think about now. It's like, oh man, if I'm upset, I'm wasting time and I'm not taking the opportunity to love, you mm-hmm. know? So I try to get over things quicker. Not to say that sometimes, you know, I'm like, Mm-mm, I want to be understood i, I want to be right i'm gonna I stay mad for a little bit longer <laughs> <laughs> for an
1: hour more and then you know? just be like hey, i don't care about it
0: yeah but i definitely um i liked when when he said that when anthony said that about you know having fun with each other and um what a blessing that you get to be with this person that you love so much and share life with them and it's just amazing to me, mm-hmm. you know, this person that makes you laugh and you get to share a life with them,
1: Yeah. You know? And And everybody saying, oh, everybody has said so much beautiful things to me and Alejandro. And thank you, everyone, for just giving us so many kind words and just kind of confirming that they feel what we feel. Mm-hmm. And, that's and how they've we, seen it. And they that's probably been mm-hmm. the best feeling of uh, kind of telling everyone that we're engaged is that everybody has been congratulating us and just sharing the love with us and just kind of confirming that they feel it too, which has been amazing. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so uh, thank you everyone for that. Yeah,
0: because like you said, it's easy to get trapped and stuck on the fact that you're both young. But even being Alejandro's mom and knowing you for the time I've known you, I, I don't see age as a limiting factor. Mm-hmm. I, I just see it as you both, you know and you know. I've seen this relationship. It's a beautiful, positive relationship that is always growing and moving in a positive direction. Um, I see two people that really, really love each other. And um, you just complement each other so well in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, what was I gonna, I was gonna say and plus I also see that you're both working so darn hard. You're both in school. You're both on the dean's list. You're both in, in shows. You're both directing you're writing. Yeah. So it's not like you're sitting on your butts and getting engaged. Yeah. You know, and doing nothing and just with your up. lives. You know, that that would be a different story. But when I see two people that are working as hard as you both are and you're both moving you know, at the same pace. It's not like one is taking off, the other one is being left behind. No, you're both working equally as hard, and that's <coughs> what you both bring to the table. You know, which yeah. is amazing. You know, and um, so I don't, I don't see age as a limiting factor here. I don't, I don't see you guys as immature and not ready. Yeah. Whenever you want to you can get married,
1: you know. Yeah. Ideally, you give us two, three years so that you can plan it. Because <laughs> it's going to be a big-ass wedding. It is. It's going to be huge. I'm already, like, sweating bullets thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> or you can elope. We're no. going to have birds, like, flying around on chains. No, not on chains. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to release the doves. Exactly. Hey no. there, little birdie.
0: It's our wedding day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think uh, this past one when, when was the last time we did an episode it's been a while it's been at, least a, what, maybe at you, least a few months yeah and I think the entire few months have just been about like finding the love mm-hmm. keeping the love searching for the love uh,
0: yeah sharing the love
1: sharing or the or love should. and just most importantly just like loving ourselves first and then moving forward Mm -hmm. and taking a leap of faith it's been a lot of taking a leap of faith for the last few months Mm -hmm. getting engaged is a leap of faith getting (laughs) writing and and trusting the process bless you Mm -hmm. (laughs) and and trusting the process and trusting yourself that there's no one that could tell the story better than you could Mm -hmm. and just trusting that Mm-hmm. And, and and loving yourself enough to not defy yourself the opportunity, but to keep giving yourself the opportunity. Yeah, you trust the story
0: that develops during the process. Mm-hmm. So you trust that process that is creating the story. Yeah. And it's very yeah. easy sometimes with our, with our fears and our insecurities to, um, want to interject. Those feelings into the story, which it's okay because we it's okay that we have those feelings, but sometimes we disrupt that process, that flow of the story being created and being told Mm -hmm. because of our own insecurities. It's almost like we start to like hide the story and it can't come to fruition. Yeah, so it's all been good, it's all been a good learning lesson, you know, of supporting each other too during this time because. I mean, there's been so much going on, so many challenges, so, so many, many ups and downs, but more ups than downs. I think the downs have been always, what is it? Always fear and insecurity and, yep. and anxiety over, same narrative. can I do it, can I do it, can I do it, am I good enough? You we know. freaking did it, though. Yeah, we Even did. though the entire time we were saying, can I do it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> we it was, did it. It got scary sometimes, and I know, I mean, it's, I'm working full time, obviously, I, I'm trying to... Have a manage a family and manage a um, apartments as well, and then doing the rehearsal thing in the evenings. But Alejandro Lissette are in school, they're in school, they're in plays, they're writing plays, directing plays. I think, I think <laughs> managing
1: a place full of tenants and managing of families is
0: way harder. Oh, it can because you're managing humans, yeah, you know, you're managing but humans. It's just, I I don't think we can compare man because you guys were busting your butt and so were we. We're yeah. all busting our behinds. You know, Rolando was in Hamlet, so he's rehearsing for Hamlet over there and we're rehearsing for this yeah. day. And thank God I have such good kids that you know, Ricardo's working, my daughter who's only 11 at the time just turned 12. She is so understanding with this whole process yeah. and the madness that goes on during the process. She yeah. chug-a-lugs along with us. <laughs> she Sometimes does. I, you know, she's with somebody else, and she know. loves it.
1: She eats it up. So oh. she's next.
0: She was there every night of the production, not the rehearsal process, but every night of the production, she was there. Like she could be, she was an understudy.
1: And she always came out and told us, "You guys did amazing." Oh, tonight. she was
0: so proud of us. She loves so, it so. Proud so of she's her.
1: next. Just wait. Oh yeah,
0: she's. Extremely artistic in <laughs> visual and performing arts. Very, very good at it. Not because I'm her mom, but she's good. <laughs> <laughs> Not because I'm her mom, but she's good. I
1: may be a little biased, but <laughs> I would hope that I have a good eye. Um, but, um, yeah, so, I mean, we're going to be at the Arties this year. <gasps> yeah. So all that hard work that we put into this, they point that we got a nomination for Best Ensemble for a Musical, Mm -hmm. and we got actually a few more nominations. Yes, we got Best
0: Production of a Musical for La Lupe, we
1: got Best Actor, you got them all there in front of you? Go ahead, read them. So um, So we have five nominations, we have Outstanding Production of a Musical for La Lupe, My Life, My Destiny which we did earlier, uh... Last around, year. Yeah, last, last year. year May, right? Yep. Last year, May. And then we have Outstanding Ensemble of a Musical for Deste De Puente Musical Edition. And then we have uh, Outstanding Direction of a Musical, Victoria Perez for My La C-star. Lupe. That's her C-star. <laughs> um, My Life, My Destiny. And Outstanding Actress in a Musical, Melinda Capeles in La Lupe, mm-hmm. Uh, My Life, My Destiny. And, um... Outstanding supporting actor in a musical, Alejandro Gabriel Gomez. Yes, girl. that's my fiance. It's my baby. <laughs> um, In Desde Puente. And then uh, basically, all of those nominations will be announced again at the Arties on June 3rd. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a Monday. And girl, we're going to be looking
0: cute.
1: <laughs> Alejandro just got a suit. Ricardo just got a suit. Deppie just got Rolando some really nice shoes. He's going to be looking fly. He is. going to be all Matrix style. You know. You know. And uh, Amada got a really cute suit, too. She's wearing a little cute... We won't tell you... And she you- got a haircut. Oh, girl. And the set, did too. She looks They fly. look beautiful. I'm going to be looking cute, too. And Debbie's going to be looking... Maria. I hope you guys know I call her Debbie. Yes. Uh, she's going to be looking beautiful, girl. Mm-hmm. She got her highlights. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> it's going to be a great day. Yep. You know?
0: And the focus is not, I always feel funky about awards, because not everybody that deserves to be nominated gets nominated. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun when you do. Yeah. You know, and we celebrate that, but not everybody that works hard gets their work recognized. Yeah. You know, so it's nice to celebrate that we did, but I always keep in mind those that did not get nominated that deserved it as well. And that everybody's trying their best, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that day is literally just such a big celebration for all the work that we did. It's not necessarily... Nominated or not nominated. And girl, it it ain't free. Mm Because the amount of money we put into our outfits, drinking, tickets. But it's just so nice to just everybody come in, have a big party. And then just we have so and you celebrate much, the arts and each other. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited to go this year because mm-hmm. this year has been probably my most jam packed year of theater. Oh my gosh! Yes, I think all of you. We've done mm-hmm. a lot of productions. I've done what costume, stage managing. Just you guys have heard even from all the past mm-hmm. uh, the past um, episodes, just being updated on what we're doing theater-wise and yeah, theater wise and theater's we've theater, all been theater. busy actually. I did, what, two productions, As two a, readings. Yeah.
0: Everybody's been busy. Rolando did a million productions. Yes, he did. He definitely did. <laughs> One after another. Barely had a break. I'm so glad he has a summer off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the day of the arties is my mommy's 75th birthday. <gasps> Ita! So if anybody sees mommy there, we call her Ita, I-T-A. <laughs> and, um... She's turning 75 that day, and it's also JK's birthday. Yes, awesome. JK's
1: will be there. He's gonna be looking fly. You already know. That's He's Alexia's.
0: Nominated- oh, I'm so sorry to interrupt no. you, but that's Alexia's boyfriend. <laughs> that's
1: her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, what were you gonna say? He's Important. nominated too. He's nominated for his performance in Little Shop of Horrors. Yes. And uh, can you do it, Debbie?
0: Feed me, Seymour. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, uh, Jake did amazing in that. Yes, he did. That. Yes. So, Jake can girl. Girl, he can say. <laughs> Um So, yeah. So, uh, hopefully we get to see everybody there. And I know some of our listeners aren't necessarily uh, theater, uh, in the theater community. They come and see us. You know but- what? They can still go to the Arties. You guys can. They you got a really cute outfit, girl, put it on, buy a ticket, yes.
0: get lit come <laughs> please and come enjoy it I'm, I'm, I don't know what the charitable organization is that they're giving to this year but or if it's the same one every year but I know they give to one every year mm-hmm. I think it's a $20 ticket I'm not yep. real sure guys it might be $20 um, but it's, it's a
1: lot of fun it's a yeah. lot of fun it's just know? everybody's in such a good mood and we're always just, it's just constantly cheering the entire time exactly it's a very yeah.
0: focused purpose everybody's there to celebrate each other
1: yeah pretty so, much If you guys want to come, root for us uh, before and after, shoot. Yeah. Uh, Just, you know...
0: And we get, Reyes gets to perform this year as well. (gasps) Yeah, we do. Because because everybody that's nominated as the best production musical gets to perform. So
1: you get to hear some songs from Lupe. Yeah. And and the the ensemble and everybody will be on stage. uh, Yeah,
0: those of us that were in the production actually singing in the song will actually be singing there again. Yeah. So So that should be, we about to bring down the house girl with some Latino music.
1: Hey, you see that? (laughs) (laughs) And if you want to see me and my fiance, we'll be there.
0: They look so beautiful. I'm biased again, but I do, have a, I do have a good eye. I recognize beauty when she sees it.
1: But all right, so I guess maybe we'll be wrapping up. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, well. Let's wrap this thing up. Thank you, little birdie, for not giving up on us, most importantly, and coming yeah. back and coming back on the tree to listen to what we got to say. And... Um, this summer will be just much more efficient with right. what we got to more consistent. More yeah. More consistent, yeah. We
0: filled you in on everything we were doing. Hopefully there's some life lessons, I believe there are, and everything that we talked about. You know, dream, dream big, pursue your dreams, and dreams do come true. Yes, they do. You know, work hard, support each other, love each other, be kind to each other. Yep.
1: And with that, we're signing off. And we'll love you, little birdie. S- love you, little birdie. We'll see you next time. Yes. Bye. Bye.